0: message is really gonna I will be using a lot of scriptures because I want to make sure that we all know what worries in the Bible means and how God wants us to handle worry so we're gonna start with part one and initially I want to have be just one full sermon and as I'm studying and as I'm trying to prepare the message and as I'm uh, doing all that stuff to make sure that whatever I say to you will be fruitful, whatever I say to you that will touch your heart, whatever I say to you that will draw you near to God, just one inch. Before I know it, I am way deep into the message and after I'm done, I realize that this is way too much. So that's why I prayed about it because that's how I do, I prepare. And pray and pray about the content of the message. And I let always, always the Holy Spirit lead me to what to teach about. And He never fails. He always, always, when I'm ready for the message, He gives me a topic. And tells me this is what I think one or two people or even maybe a multitude of people would like to know what this means. And as I'm preparing for worried, worrying, I realize that We don't hear it, you know. I grew up in a church all my life, and I was the church for a few years, but I don't recall that anybody's teaching about worry. Not often, not really often. So I realized then that's why God wants me to bring this to your attention, why this is the reason why God wants me to share that with you. So, and this is really unique about worrying. So here's a few numbers for you, 85% from the stuff that eats us from inside out, you and I, never take place. Zero. So we we'll worry about stuff that 85% from what we worry about never come to existence. It's gone. It does not happen. Sadly, 40% from the diseases that are out there, from heart diseases, high blood pressure, even cancer, ulcers from all types, the cause behind, all that is worrying. We worry too much. Our our culture is designed for us to to worry about anything and nothing. As parents, we worry about our kids when they leave school, right? How many of our kids, when they go to school, when they even inside the school, they still hear their mom's voice and they look behind, oh, is mom here? Because we worry too much. And that carries through to our kids. So today I'm going to talk about worry and the Holy Bible. And worry is a killer. And then next week I'm going to talk about how we can stop worrying. And instead of worrying, we're going to start living. So it's a a cool illustration. um, And I'm praying that you will be here uh, to hear it, and I'm praying that you'll invite somebody. So let's start with questions, and please hear my heart, because this message is for you, it's not for me. So please take it, please understand it. Just, just, just give me 20 minutes from your time, let me share my heart with you, and I, I promise you, it will give you new insight about worrying, okay? so. Who has a PhD of worrying? We all do. Whether we want to acknowledge it, we are the masters. We worry about anything and everything, like I said. We can write books about the stuff that we worry about it every second, every day. But at the end, when we actually do a budget, you know, worry, what happened? You're going to see worrying one way up there. And what really happened is that small. So we all have a PhD if worrying. How many of us, actually, when we worry, we can improve the course of our life or even change it? Zero. Zero, because worrying, it's wasted time. How many of us wants to stop worrying and start living? All of us. Raise your hand if you want to stop worrying, please do. Don't be shy, don't be shy. This is for you, it's not for me, it's for you. We all worry, we are you know, worry warriors, right? We all do, okay? So, this is a good illustration. Please look at this picture. It's a rocking chair, right? And that's exactly the best illustration I wanted to share with you about worrying. Because it's a rocking chair. It keeps you busy. And it can keep you busy 24-7, but it does not accomplish anything. Accomplishes zero. You can sit on that rocking chair day and night, Moving, right? But it does not accomplish anything. Zero. It does not change anything. You know, somebody told me worrying is a free interest paid on things never happen. It consumes us. We pay for worrying. It's not free. We are paying for, for worrying about stuff will never happen. So let's start with this. So worry in, in the Holy Bible. Worry is practically atheism. It really is. It shows that when our faith, it shows up when our faith and trust in God are lacking, then worry takes over like a roaring lion, ready to devour you and I. This is very powerful, very powerful. So when we worry, we are actually telling God that he is not worthy and he's not able And He's not good enough, and He's not powerful enough to come through of our needs, and our prayers, and our petitions, and our requests. That's what grieves the Holy Spirit. That's when the Holy Spirit says, well, I'm here for you to be your defender. I'm here to be your shield. I'm here to be your advocate. I'm here to support you. But yet, instead of asking me for help, you try to worry about stuff, 85% from what you're worrying about it about is not going to happen. Let me actually go over this one second. So life, life is a battlefield. It's not a play field, right? The sad thing about it, as I'm preparing for this slide right there, I realize that it's not our fault because, you know, I went to... Uh, Catholic schools, right? So I had nuns all over me, and they were so strict like no other. But I don't recall that I was not even one in my life. Um, somebody stopped me and said, stop worrying and start living. Or even somebody taught me that life is going to be a battlefield. It's not going to be always a playground or a play field. I don't remember. And I look at my kids going to school and growing up, I don't see that as schools that they are preparing to face life or what life is, not the way life should be. And two big different things, two, two different things. When we live in a way based on the life that we want it to be, instead of living life the way it's it is, it's two different approaches. Two different approaches. And we cannot live life the way it is on our own. We need God. And this is where our priority has to be changed. If God is not on the top of your priority, that's when worry creep in. That's when the enemy creep in and overwhelm you with worry that 85% from the stuff that you worry about, you'll never ever see in your lifetime. You'll never see it. So life is a battlefield in play field. So if anything you take from this, please, please, bore into your kids, prepare them for life the way it is. Not for life the way it should be. The way life should be, that's up to them. But teach them to deal with life the way it, the way it is by trusting God and putting God first. And how to handle worry, which is that's next week. God always in control of what's in control. And this is huge. So whatever you're going through, whatever burden you're carrying, right here, right now, God is in control of what's in control. And I'll give you an example. God and, and the creation. If you've been here with us since we started in September, I'll always, always use Genesis. I love Genesis first, because that's the foundation of who we are. That's the foundation why we're here today too. That's when everything started. This is when we were created, you and I and our kids and our family and our loved ones. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God, not you and I. God created the heavens and the Earth, Genesis first, first. And God said, "Let there be light, and there was light, and God is in control." right? Then God said, "I give you every seed, bearing plant on the free of the uh, plant on the face." Of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it, they will be yours for food. So God is a is a provider. God is a giver of God. He does not need anything from us. He is in need of nothing. So when we give to the church, when we give to his body, he doesn't need that money. But the whole purpose of us giving to teach us to be like in his image because He is a giver God. He wants us to be like Him, and one of His attributes he's a, he's a loving and giving God, and He gives us everything that we need. So when we give to the church, we're really, the whole purpose of us doing that is to be just like Him, to be a giver, to learn to be just like God is. And from there, He takes that, what we give, and multiply it, because that's how blessings multiplies. So God is a giving God. He gives everything. But God is also a sovereign God, right? He has a supreme authority over all creation. So he is always in control of what's in control. He's always in control of what's in control. Like I said earlier, God can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. And all we have to do is just ask, right? We just have to ask. So God also was there with Noah. He helped him. Um, the minute Noah stepped a foot in the ark, things changed. And he punished his people because they ran God out. They ran God out of their life. They ran God out, out of their synagogue, out of their temples. And then, sadly, we, all of us, we run God out of our lives out of our living rooms, out of our households. And sadly, a lot of churches, too, they run God out of, they throw God out of the churches, out of their pulpit, because they want to teach their own agenda. Instead, digging deep into the Word of God and teach it for whatever God is asking us to teach. And that said, that breaks my heart, because if God is now present in a church, that church, that place, becomes either a social club, or just a place for us to be legalistic, tell you what to do and and now what to do. There is no relationship between us and God. Also, God was with Moses going through the Red Sea all the way to the Jordan River. God also was with Joshua, too, going across the Jordan River to the Promised Land. God was with David, that little kid that had no power other than a sling and a rock to kill Goliath. And God also was there with the prophet Elisha when when he got attacked with the multiple army from Arama. And then he prayed for his servant to see the angels of God surrounding Elisha and fighting for them even though he could not see them at the beginning. But God was there. God also was there with Jesus through his birth and life, through his resurrection. And God is still with you and I till today through the Holy Spirit. So God is in control of what's control. So why do we worry? You know, the scripture tells us we know that God is always with us. But we always, always, all of us, we like visual aids, right? We like to see things, we like to feel things. And by nature, we are created that way. But also, that's not faith. Faith is when we believe in the stuff that we have not seen. When we believe in the stuff that has not happened yet. So Isaiah 41.10 says, do not be afraid. This is, look at the scripture like you are talking to your own kid. And kids, I encourage you to remember that. One day, you will be saying this to your own kids, too. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. Do not be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. If that does not assure you that God will, can and will come through when you pray, I don't know what else. The good news is... God always wins. God always wins. We need to believe that and trust Him, and He will deliver us from whatever taking us down. Addiction. Depression. Overwhelming anxiety. Whatever we're going through, we just have to pray. Because God always wins, and He will deliver us. Philippians, one of my favorite scripture that actually I go back to. This is my go-to scripture when I get overwhelmed. When I feel that I'm getting attacked. When I feel that things really are not going well between me and everybody around me. I run back to the scripture. Do not be anxious about what? About nothing. God says do not worry about anything. Nothing, Not one thing. This is what nothing means. Don't worry about anything. But in everything, that means every single thing. By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. He said, present your request to God. He's not saying, present my request to you. That's sometimes the conflict right there. Sometimes we believe that we are God and God needs us and He is now worthy and He will not come through to deliver us from what we're going through. And like I said earlier, not until and unless you and I, we understand where we stand in the order of creation. That relationship, that prayer will not be as effective as it's designed to be. Prayer is designed for us to interact with God, and in the process, we get to know who God is when we pray for Him. So spiritual hear-aids, right? I call them spiritual hear-aids. How many of us, we need those? I do. I really do. I do need spiritual hear-aids because sometimes I am not sensitive to what the Holy Spirit is saying. I'm just not. Because I am so worried so overwhelmed about anything and nothing and yet 85 percent of what i worry about i'll never see in my lifetime so i do need spiritual hear aids so i can be more sensitive to what the holy spirit is saying to me and the only way i can do that is by stopping and actively listen to what god is saying gotta spend time in the word I gotta be more rooted in the Word. I gotta know God for who He is. I gotta realize that He is my Father and He always wins because He is always, always, always in control. You know, the scripture, we learn that we have to present our needs and concerns and just let them there. Let them there. Not worry about them because worry accomplishes nothing. Worrying accomplishes not a thing. So here is a good story, and I hope you'll find it funny. So here is four people on an airplane, and our airplane is about to crash. But those four people, one of them is a very well-known and talented surgeon. He saves lives. He gets called everywhere to save lives. The second one, he is very intelligent, very smart, that he creates a lot of things that we use on our daily basis, assuming he's Bill Gates, for example. And then the third one, he's a, he's a pastor and a priest that he saves lives, and he goes marry and pray over people, and um, he's there for the community. And the third one, he is um, a nerd, right? He's a nerd. He's, he's a nerdy. He knows everything about all technology and stuff like that. Sometimes I can use one of those. So the airplane is crashing, but they only have uh, three parachutes, right? They don't have four, they only have three. So the the surgeon grabs the first one and jumps. He says, people need me, I'm going to go save lives. And he jumps, life is good. That smart person grabs one and jumps, and he says, well, people need my inventions. I'm sure humanity will be, be more useful for it. And then the priest says, to the nerd, hey, just take that third parachute and you're good. Just, I'm, I'm fine. I think I've done enough. And then the nerd, he says, no, we still have two shoots. He says, why? He said, because the smart one, he took my backpack. So, that's the, that's the joke. And so, the story, the point of that, is no matter if you are a doctor, no matter if you are very intelligent, no matter if you are a priest or a pastor, no matter if you are a nerd, Worrying can and will have us make deadly mistakes. Deadly mistakes. Because we worry, and in the process, we become blind of the truth. And Jesus is the truth. So that's an intelligent person, very smart, right? He is very, very smart, but yet, because he worried so much about saving his own life, instead of him picking up the parachute, he picked up the nerds. Backpack. And you and I, we know. I'm sure somebody down there is waiting for him, right? So that's the point of the story. Worrying can kill us, because we will make mistakes when we worry too much. So, Joshua. If you look at Joshua, and this is really a cool story. So Joshua, Moses died. Joshua, a young person, takes over. And he has thousands and thousands of Israelites on the east bank of the Jordan River. And now God is trying to reason with him, trying to say, you are the leader. I want you to lead my people to the promised land. And he says, no, I can't do it. I'm, I'm too young, I'm not equipped, I'm not seasoned enough to do it. So God goes back and forth and try tell him, listen, I am with you. And then finally God says, have I not commanded you? Enough is enough. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And Jesus, before he left, his great commission, right? He said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, right? And baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And there I will be with you always till the end of the very age. That's God's and Jesus' promise to you and I. So he said, I will be there always with you till the end of the very age. Why do we forget that? Why do we overlook that? Why we allow worrying to take over us and build fear? The spirit of fear. There is two kind of fear. There is fear of the Lord, which is very important. But also, there is the spirit of fear that better lies us and derail us from God's calling over our lives. It makes us so worried that we make so many mistakes in the process, we look, what have I done? And we start doubting our abilities. We start doubting our worthiness. And from there, we go on a crash course. So Joshua had to listen to God, has to trust God. And from there, they went through the Jordan River, to the West Bank, through Jericho, and through worship, because he had his worship team leading ahead and praying and worshiping God in spirit and truth, that wall fall down, fall down flat, right? Same thing with uh, Psalms 23. I'm sure you heard this, but I want to make sure that we hear it. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in a green pasture. He laid me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. Wow. He guides me. Very important. He directs our walk with Him. When we walk with God, He directs us because He is leading and we follow Him. So when you and I, when we lead our kids, to lead, that means you walk first. To lead, you are actually walking ahead of everybody else. So when God leads us and guides us, make me along the right path for His name's sake. He takes us home. He's leading us home. That's the only destination God is leading us. He is guiding us and directing us to walk right behind Him to go home. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, how many shadows you and I, we have in our life? How many shadows that we allow in our household that it's taking us away, breaking our hearts and our souls for no reason. Because 85% from all that stuff will never happen. I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. That's why when I walk through the shadows of the valley of death, I fear no evil. Nothing because of my strength, because I'm mighty and powerful. No. No. Absolutely not. Just because you are with me, God, because God is leading us, He's guiding us, He's directing us. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You and I, nothing brings more joy when we pray over our kids. And we know that we know that we are comforting them. And we bring in peace instead of worry to their hearts. Parents, I know you know the feeling. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Wow. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and love will, flow, will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And that's the destination where we all we want to dwell in. And that's where Jesus is guiding us and leading us to go there. So worry it's an issue. Jesus always, always told us not to worry about our life. Not to worry about a single hour of our life because we're not even going to add a single second to our life. So why worry? He also tells us to seek his first seek first His kingdom. Always, always seek the kingdom of heaven first. The sad thing is we worry about what we're going to eat and what we're going to drink. And you look at... Um, Everywhere, half of the country is on weight watchers, right? (laughs) Why? Because we either eat too much or we don't eat. So according to world standards, according to world standards, the poorest person in this auditorium is very, very, very rich. But we worry because that's what the enemy wants us to do. He wants us to be distracted. So we don't see God's face very clear. These are the, some of the stuff that we worry about. We worry about work. We worry about growing old. We worry about our retirement. Or we worry about our health. We worry about our parents when they get up in age. Or we worry about a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff that it's eating us. Like they say, it's not what you're eating, it's what's really eating you that matters. And worry, it's a big, big, big thing, that eating us from inside out. So worry will kill us, it's a real killer. You know, fight worry with the word of God. Worry will kill you from the inside out at a young age. It will destroy your life and also your future your dreams. It kills our faith in God, it nourishes doubts, because it makes very strong and mighty and powerful man coward because he worries. It kills hope and dreams, it reduces spirit of fear, it paralyzes our life. We cannot move because we worry so much about nothing and anything. It kills peace, it creates chaos and confusion because now we are separated, we are apart, from our walk with God, we are not following God's words. We are not rooted in the word. It kills our sleeping and rest hours. It transforms them to sleepless and miserable hours. Isn't that true? When we worry and we can't sleep, life becomes so miserable. Those sleeping and resting hours, they become so painful that we wake up in the morning, we can't even breathe, and we still have to go to work and perform. But we can't do it just because we worried about anything and nothing. It kills our days. It shows wrinkles on our faces. It's very true. It kills our days. It shows wrinkles on our faces, full of year of apprehensions. And we go to salons, and we go to spas, and we want to look younger. But we don't realize that it's the solution is there. It's just like ABC. Just like ABC, all you have to do is just pray and ask for help. It's very simple. But the sad thing is, worry does not come when we have a good time, right? Worry comes when we're going through crisis. That's how Satan, that's how the enemy wanted to come the worst time, to add more burden on our shoulders so so we'll be more captive So we'll be in a a shackle. We'll be burdened all our life so we cannot breathe and reach out to God. Even the solution, again, is easy. Worry is a real killer. It is a source of cancer. It 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 is a cause of heart diseases. It's a cause of high blood pressure. And it causes ulcers. We worry always because we are afraid. We worry always because we want what's best for ourselves and our family, and our country, and our community. We worry about anything and everything. I challenge you today, I challenge you today that instead of worrying, you pray for peace. Invite God to take control of your life. Increase your faith and trust, and more so confidence that God can and will come through. He will deliver you. He will deliver you from the hands of your enemies. We do have a common enemy that is here to devour us. Is here to keep us captive to our worries that does not exist. Worries that will lead us nowhere. Worries will just like a rocking chair. It keeps us busy, but we cannot accomplish anything. So this is my message for today. This is my message for today. Um, I pray that you pray this prayer. The most powerful prayer is very simple, like I said. Ask God for one thing and one thing only. Help, help. And he will, he can come through.